We're in week three of a series called Religious Lies. What we're trying to do in this series is uncover the lies that often get perpetuated in churches and in religion, in Christianity, in America, uh, that keep people from God. This is a really, really personal uh, series to me. I, as a pastor, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the back end. I, I hear the stories of people because of lies that they've believed. They thought were the truth. Somebody told them. They walk away from God. They walk away from faith. They walk away from the church. This is, this is, so to me, this is so personal. And uh, today I want to talk to you about, this might be, we're going to talk about hell next week on Mother's Day, because when mothers come, what you do is you talk about hell. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> we're not going to blame you <laughs> for sending your kids to hell, but that's where we're going to be in the text. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about, I, I, again, I, I think this might be the key one, um, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Uh, I want to invite you to stand with me. We always read from the scriptures out loud, and this is from the Gospel of Matthew. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 23 in this series. This is a, Jesus gives this series of critiques of religion, and we're learning from it. I'll read it aloud. You can follow along. Here's the words of Jesus. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, where it counts, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Hopefully when you came in, you got some notes, and you can follow along as we go through this. There'll be blanks that'll be filled in for you on the screen. And let me just jump right into this. I'm going to go right into the heart of this. Um, and and this, is, this is one of the most damaging things to the reputation of Christianity, and, and one of the most damaging things to the reputation of Christianity is Christians, specifically Christians who are hypocrites. It's the worst. Uh, I, again, I, I deal with the, the fallout of this as a pastor. Sometimes I get blamed for it, but usually I'm on the, on the, dealing with the fallout of it. Um, it. It's really a huge problem uh, because what happens is people, as a result of their experience of Christian people, people who label themselves a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And they have some experience of hypocrisy, and people, as a result, they reject God, they give up on hope. Uh, these, these are Christians, uh, people, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, I'm not their judge, uh, who are acting hypocritically, and, and it basically becomes bad PR for Christianity. Now, if Christianity is about image management, then this is a huge problem. Uh, we, we all judge a company by its product, right? Uh, Maybe, maybe you're an adventurous eater like me. I'm an adventurous eater. I'll try almost anything once. And uh, I've been to those shops that are they're all, kind of all across the country. Maybe you think they're only here. But they say fish and chicken. Do you know what I'm talking about? These like fish and chicken shops. I went one time, and I've never been back. <laughs> 
Uh, do you want food poisoning? Come here. That's what the sign should say. Um, so you, 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 if you've been there, right, you know what the product is like versus if you go to Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen for Chick-fil-A? And they're delicious. Amen. Come on. Um, you, you judge it by its price. Like, that's delicious Christian chicken. <laughs> Yeah, we love it, right? We, we, but we do that all the time. We judge a company by its product. And if, if, if Christianity were a, a company, uh, we, we need to judge it by its product. What's the product of Christianity? The product of Christianity is a certain kind of person who actually acts like Jesus in their everyday life. And, and hypocrites are people who say that that's what they're like, but in their actions are the exact opposite. They're like, uh, hypocrites are like black mold in the ceiling. Right? Uh, Hypocrites are, um, and I'm going to tell you a story right now that you may find distasteful, but the reason I'm going to tell it to you is that hypocrisy is even more distasteful. So bear with me as I tell you this story because I think it illustrates how we feel about hypocrites. My sister um, worked at an Arby's. This was not an Arby's here, just to, <laughs> when I tell you the story, you're not going to want to go to Arby's. And, and they were in the back, and um, my sister, uh, long, long story, won't go into her story, uh, but was in the back, and there was uh, an insect that sometimes is in restaurants. I won't name that insect. Starts with a C and ends in ockroach. Um, <laughs> Uh, they, they caught this and they breaded it <laughs> and they fried it and then they served it along with... Can, now, I just want you to imagine you're the person who's hungry, it's been a long day, you haven't been able to feed the kids and you pull through the drive-thru and you love the fries at Arby's and you... Hand, you, know, you any other parents who, like, you kind of, when you're, if you're eating in the car, you're not really paying attention, just, can you, can you just imagine what that person, do you know what I'm saying, right? Distasteful, isn't it? Hypocrisy, hypocrite, Christians who are hypocrites are like that fried insect in the church. I bet that person, if they noticed, <laughs> never went back to Arby's. Um... That's what hypocrisy does. Now, we, we, need to understand, uh, we need to understand hypocrisy to make sure we're talking about the same thing, right? Because you, you have experiences and people and, and, and things that are being brought to your mind right now, and you, oh, yeah, that was a hypocrite. Let's, let's just make sure we're on the same page. Can we do that? So let's make sure we understand it. Here, here's what the original word meant in, in the, the Greek language. Uh, it, the word just meant actor. It was a reference to when you would go to the theater there were no IMAG screens. There was no sound projection. And if you've seen the amphitheaters, they could seat 20,000 people in ancient amphitheaters in the Roman world um, in multiple cities. And when the actors would come out, they had these masks they would put on to demonstrate to the person way up in the nosebleeds the emotion. When you see those masks that they still use for actors today, the word that was used for those masks was the, the hypocrite. Hypocrites was the, the word. And so it just meant an actor. And it was Jesus who actually turned that word that everyone in that day went, oh yeah, they're referring to you know, an actor. And, and Jesus is the person who turned it into a moral 
word. And, and before that, they were just, it was just about acting. People who got applauded for acting, they were given awards. And, and what is an actor? They're someone who plays a role that they aren't in reality. Now, again, Jesus is the one who made this a moral thing and said we need to pay attention to people who are hypocrites because Roman society was built on honor. Honor uh, in, in that day is a little different than the way it works today. Honor was like a video game score, so the most points meant you were the winner, and it didn't matter how you got there. All that mattered was that you climbed to the top and you beat everybody else. So if you said one thing and did another to get there, but you ended up with the most points, it didn't matter. You were the one at the top of the heap. You were at the top. And and Jesus is the one who pushed pause and said, wait a second. Hang on. Uh, This this is worth paying attention to. Does anybody else see a problem with people and us rewarding people for playing something that they actually aren't? That's Jesus who did that. That's why we think of it now. When I say the word hypocrite, you think of it as a moral or immoral thing. Uh, Jesus is saying this is not good for human beings. If you get to the top, but you become a terrible human being along the way, what did you accomplish exactly? This is the point Jesus is trying to make. So here's, here's what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is when you act like something or someone you are when you aren't. You act like it. Now, uh, this, this, this idea of hypocrisy applies across the board. It's not just religious hypocrisy. We're going to talk about that in detail. But it applies across the board. It can apply when you're a teacher. It can apply when you're a parent. It can apply when you're a leader. It can apply in politics. And here's how it works out. Okay, we're going to play a little game. Uh, it goes like this. Uh, you tell me I have to blank while you blank. You want to play? Want to play the game? Here, here we go. Okay, ready? It's going to be uncomfortable. You could be a teacher, and you could teach students, hey, uh, I'm telling you you have to be healthy while I eat cake. I hope it's Maryland's chocolate cake. <laughs> Those of you here last week, because it's delicious. Uh, you could be a teacher, and you could say, hey, students, uh, be drug-free while they watch you on your break smoke three. <laughs> right? A little bit hypocritical. Uh, You could be a parent who tells your kids, hey, don't use drugs, and then they watch you drink like a fish. Hypocrite. Uh, You could be a parent who says, you know what, I need my kid to be religious, so hey, 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 uh, B, you need to be religious, You you need to be a Christian, and they watch your life, and they're very aware that's just a word to you, and you aren't. Um, You could be a leader and be a hypocrite. Hey, everybody, be on time while you're routinely late. Uh, It it works in politics, Um, and I'm going to offend both sides here, so just stay with me. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Um, You can say, hey, be be pro-life while you say, let's have the death penalty. Do you see the the hypocrisy there? Or other side, I'm going to offend the other side, be pro-choice while you're against the death penalty. Do you see the hypocrisy of both of those positions? I hope you do. When you're a hypocrite, you're acting like something is important, but to you it is not actually. Your words are not matching your actions. So in a word, hypocrisy is pretending. It's pretending 
And listen, pretending is always the pathway to hypocrisy. If you pretend over time, it leads to you becoming a hypocrite. If I want to go to Michigan, you know what I do? I get on I-94 and I just keep going because the path always takes me to Michigan if I just keep going. If you get on the pathway of pretending, maybe you didn't start out to be a hypocrite, maybe you never intended to be a hypocrite, but down that path of pretending, you will eventually act like a hypocrite. It is inevitable. Hypocrisy is, uh, in a word, hypocrisy is pretending. Now, the reason that we hate hypocrites as Americans is that, honestly, not, it's different than the reason Christians say we don't want to be a hypocrite and we try to take Jesus seriously here, is that we are all about image and we don't want anyone to think something bad of us. And in fact, our cultural sin is that we're all about image management as Americans. We just want to look good. We want to be right. And so it's honestly, it's okay for us in, the popular, in popular culture to be a hypocrite as long as we don't get caught. It's almost like the real sin is looking bad. And having people think negatively of you so we can pretend just as, just as long as we don't let anybody know. We think that's okay. But Christianity, we take, we take the words of Jesus seriously because we know this is about who you are. This is not about who you pretend to be. And, and the message that Jesus came to proclaim is that God actually cares about the person that you are. Not the person that you want, you, you want to be or you want other people to think that you are. And so it's important for Christians to not be hypocrites because we know God wants you to be what you seem. This is why it's important. So we're really focusing, though, today on, on what Jesus is talking about, and he's talking about religious uh, hypocrites, and, and honestly, it's the worst. And I, I hear this line, you've heard this line before, too. Um, people will say this, I don't go to church. Why? There are too many hypocrites, right? I actually agree. They're right. There are too many people who act one way and they're really something else. Now, why is religious hypocrisy so damaging and hurtful? Why? Because you're taking advantage of people in the name of God. C.S. Lewis said it this way. C.S. Lewis was an atheist for, for years um, he became a Christian later in his life. He was convinced of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, became one of the most influential people of the 20th century. Wrote a ton of books uh, about his journey to faith and about faith in Jesus Christ. This is what he said. He said, of all bad men, religious bad men are the worst. The, the, the reason is because they are doing the worst under the guise of doing the, be, the best. I mean, I, I really think this is the worst form of evil and why Jesus critiques religious hypocrisy and not political hypocrisy or educational hypocrisy. I think this is why, because it's literally the worst form of evil. You're exploiting people in the name of God. Let me just click off some things so we all are on the same page so we know what we're talking about. It's hypocrisy. The whole scandal and this is not just a Catholic thing, it's in other churches as well, to allow someone in leadership and to continue in leadership when they've committed a crime against another human being and to just shuffle them around and go, well, let's move them over here. It's wrong and it's hypocrisy. It's absolutely wrong. It's the worst form of damage. It's terrible. I hope when you see that reported, you're mad. 
Hope you're frustrated and angry at that because it's wrong. It's morally wrong. It's, it's total hypocrisy. Now, I don't know if this is not as wrong, but I, I see this sometimes and it concerns me as a pastor. I'll see people that have businesses and in their logo, they have the, the fish symbol. Now, for those of you who don't know, the fish symbol is an ancient symbol for Christianity. In fact, the, the Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, is the Greek word ichthus. It's a, an acronym. And that was a symbol in the early church. If you were a Christian, you would make the fish symbol. And Jesus famous words where I came to make you fishers of men. And so it had, for 2,000 years has been a symbol of Christianity. So when you see that little fish symbol, that's someone saying, trying to say, I'm a Christian. And I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, I don't know the heart of that contractor or that accountant when they're saying they've got the little fish thing. I'm a little worried, though, they're trying to say, you can trust me. Don't question me. Because I've known people who've taken advantage of that. It's exploitation when they do, and it's evil, and it's wrong, and it's rank hypocrisy. This is a comfortable subject, isn't it? You feeling good? Uh, You can go on Instagram right now. There's an account someone started called Preachers and Sneakers. And um, what they did is they screenshotted uh, pictures of celebrity pastors. I think that's an oxymoron. But the pictures of pastors of mega, mega, mega churches, you know, 10,000, 20,000 people. And they they take a picture of them and the the sneakers that they are wearing. And then this person that did this is anonymously. um, They take a, go to another site where you can see what those sneakers cost. And they show you what those sneakers cost. And some of the things that they're wearing are in the thousands of dollars. I didn't even know you could buy shoes like that. Just for the record, my mother-in-law gave me these for Christmas, okay? Just, just keeping that. And there's, it actually became uh, instantly popular, got reported in the New York Times and the Washington Post. And Now, you can go look at it for yourself, preachers and sneakers, and you can make the judgment for yourself. Is this hypocrisy or not? Now, just so you know, some of those guys, they, they sell tons of books. They speak it for businesses, and they have other income. That, so whatever. I, I, but it looks like hypocrisy, right? Smells like it. This is, this is why religious hypocrisy is so damaging is because it's, it's exploitation in the name of God. Now, Jesus gives uh, in this in Matthew 23 about six ways that hypocrisy, religious hypocrisy wrecks people. I'm going to give you four of them um, and go through them with you. Um, but but this, I, I need to say something to those of you like me who grew up in church. This is a specific warning to us. If you didn't grow up in church, whew, you can just kind of listen in and go, man, I'm glad that's not me. Um, this, is a, this is a warning Jesus gives to anybody who grew up around religion. And if you're watching online and you were checking this out and you're like, oh, I'm going to give the church another try, this, you, may, you, may, you may go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I experienced that one. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through these things. And, and Jesus starts out with all of them, and he gives this word, woe. Not woe as in stop horse, but W-O-E. Woe, which is a, a way of saying it's a warning, and it's, a re- it's regret in advance of what you're going to create. If you keep down this path, you're going to create something that hurts people. Stop. You'll be judged for it. And he starts all these phrases with, you hypocrites. And so here, here we go, Matthew 23. We're going to go on the buckle up. Uh, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. What, what is the hypocrisy 
Jesus is pointing out here. If you grew up in church, Jesus is saying, listen, you've been around all of the truth and you're supposed to be a guide for people, but you are not taking people where they are supposed to go. You're like a contractor who stiffs people. And you're supposed to be a guide to God, the God of grace and mercy, and introduce God to the God of grace and mercy. Instead, what you do is you make it too hard for people to get in. And, and honestly, do you know the way into Christianity? It's really simple. It's just an ask. It's just you go to God and you go, can I come in? The simple prayer of Jesus have mercy on me, a sinner. Like, that's it. Uh, there, there's no membership dues. There's no classes. All that's needed is the desire to change and give your life to God. That's, I mean, it's like a simple ask. And Jesus is saying to the religious leaders of his time and to all of us, you know what you're doing? You're, you're not, you've, you've added more than that. On Tuesday, this week, came uh, and did a funeral uh, for a guy who's been, been coming here for probably... Uh, three years, his name's Brian, uh, Brian's 30, and he came about three years ago because of brain cancer. And in his funeral, um, I knew there were a lot of people who didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and so I tried as simply as I could in that funeral time to say, hey, I hope you would know God the way Brian knew God. And so I, at the end, I said, yeah, you can pray this really simple prayer. I was just trying to do what Jesus said, it's simple. You just ask. That's what prayer is. You just ask. Can, can I be in? And so the warning for us as Christians is not add things on. Well, you also need to do this and do that and just let people ask. Let them in. Then he goes on, verse 15. You hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you've succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. We're going to talk about this in a lot more detail. But the hypocrisy that Jesus is pointing out is that they were converting people to the wrong thing. Conversion's good. It, for a while, had a really negative connotation, but it's kind of coming back as a positive word. And what conversion means is that you have a positive change in your life. And honestly, to be a Christian, you honestly have to believe in conversion. In other words, you believe that people, by the grace of God, can actually change. But what the Pharisees were doing, uh, Jesus says in the earlier part of Matthew chapter 23, is that you, you travel over land and sea to make a, a, a convert, and then you tie up heavy loads, and you put them on your back, and then you won't lift a finger. And the hypocrisy was, you're saying to them, I have the truth. I know what's true. And, and, but you're putting people in bondage when Jesus said the truth is supposed to make people free. And here, here's, here's how I've discovered that people, uh, us well-meaning religious church people, how we put people in bondage is we tell people that in order to follow Jesus, they either have to change their politics to be like ours, or they have to get a certain part of their doctrine or theology correct. And then it's, and so we add things on and we try to convert them to something that's oppressive instead of something that sets them free and we're converting them to the wrong thing. That's it's hypocritical. He goes on, Matthew 23, 23. You hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Here's what Jesus is pointing to that they would have known. Maybe you, you are aware of this. Uh, Jesus is pointing to the fact that everything that we have is a gift from God. Our personality, our energy, 
and our finances and our resources and our house and our car. In the end, trace it all the way back. You think you pulled yourself up by your bootstrap. Nobody does that. It's a gift from God. And so it's everything is the Lord's, and so he just lets you and I use it, and we're to be stewards of it. And so the, the practice, the, the time-honored traditional practice, the discipline that people uh, would engage in was what was called the tithe. You would tie the tenth of what you had as a way to say, God, this stuff does not control me. It's yours in the first place. I'm, I'm giving it back to you. And so um, you would tithe your income, but you would also tithe if you were growing these spices, dill and mint and cumin, um, you would tithe those as well. And the hypocrisy was that you were supposed to, Jesus is saying, you're religious leaders, you grew up around this stuff. You're supposed to be about the most important things, but you're not. And Jesus outlines, what are the most important things? You're supposed to be about things like justice, being a fair person who works to make things right. You're supposed to be about mercy. Had to be, you're supposed to spread compassion. And you're supposed to be about faithfulness and be, spread an idea that we can be trustworthy people. Jesus is saying, this is about the kind of person that you're becoming. And, and, and you've traded that for minor things. People, in, when I was a kid, used to say, we have a tendency in the church to major on the minors and minor on the majors. And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, the main thing is the kind of person you're becoming. Not, did you do this other little thing where you tithed on your little dill, mint, and cumin, and they were taking pride. The Pharisees were like, ha-ha, I'm so religious, I even tithe on my garden. Ha-ha. And Jesus says that misses the point. And they'd, they'd gotten to the point where, because this is, again, this is, they were pretending, so the path always leads to they become hypocrites. They were taking pride in that more so than they were taking pride in the fact they were helping people become better people. You hypocrites. Then he goes on. You hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. And then he goes on again. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. Um, in other words, they, they really have bought into the lie that hypocrisy is all about a, appearance. And so he gives these two examples, one of a clean cup. And it's like you, you want people to think that you're really good. So you clean the outside up and you scrub your face, and you come to church on Sunday morning, how are you doing? And you just had a fight on the way in the car. <laughs> maybe there's yelling, maybe there's screaming. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. When I mean, you're not. I was like, I almost killed my child. <laughs> you look good, but it's the inside that counts. Inside is old milk that's been there a long time, and it's really nasty now. And then he uses the example of whitewashed tombs. You know, everyone can see that you're a cover for death. You can be concerned with looking the part, but that's not the point. So here, here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Who cares if you're ritually pure if you aren't actually pure? Or let me translate that for you a little bit more. Who cares if you go to church if you're a jerk? So how do we banish hypocrisy? Because this is what Jesus is after. He's not just trying to cast judgment. He's trying to make us into people who, are, who aren't hypocrites and don't think it's a necessary thing. Um, and so he gives us, he gives us three, three questions, and, and I'm going to give them to you. Um, and this is the first thing that you have to do, is you have to, uh, you have to look, at, look at me first. How, how, many, how, many, uh, how many hypocrites are there in the church? Well, everybody. <laughs> I've got to admit, I've pretended... 
If you're honest, you have too. So at some point, we've all been hypocrites. All of us pretend at points on our journey. Let me, get, let me ask you some questions about hypocrisy, okay? And these might sting a little bit, but just stay with me. Uh, do I hold anyone to a standard I don't keep myself? Uh, am I honest about my weaknesses or do I cover them up? Do I let anyone off the hook? Or do I not let anyone off the hook? Am I ritually pure but not actually pure? Do I pretend it's all okay? So here's what Jesus says. He says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 5. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So if I have here like a speck of sawdust. It's that big. And so what we do, Jesus says, is we see this little speck in someone's eye, and we have a plank in our eye, (laughs) and we're walking around like this, and we're like, hey, do you see the speck in your eye? And they're over here, and we're like, wham, wham, we are smacking people with the plank coming out of our own eye, Jesus says. Have you ever wondered why it seems like people uh, get hurt by you on a regular basis? Do you know why? There is a plank in your eye you keep hitting them upside the head with. I mean, Jesus is making a joke, and he's meaning it to be funny. But this, the way you help somebody else is first you go, oh my gosh, this was in my eye? Oh, Okay. So here's the question for you. What planks do I have in my eye? So you start with me. Because we're we're all somewhere on the journey of trying not to pretend. Start with me. What what planks do I have in my eye? Second, please. Second second thing. Um, Find a place where you can stop pretending. All of us need a few people that we can unload all the stuff that's going on in here. If we don't have that, we think, especially in a culture like ours where it's all about image, we think the way to manage what's going on, all the junk that's going on inside of here, we think the way to manage that is to pretend. But if you have a few other people that you trust that you can be honest about this stuff and not pretend and go, I didn't, man, I was really angry, it really hurt, I was really frustrated. Then you can actually get the stuff out and stop pretending. This is how James says it, James 5, 16. He says, therefore, confess your sins. Who to? Isn't that, I mean, there are other places that the scripture says confess your sins to God, but isn't this interesting that James says, Listen to how, why he says this. And pray for each other so, so that what? So that you may be healed. He's not saying stand up in a morning like this and say, I have some things I have to confess and I've got to get them off my chest right now. You're just going to have people who judge you and they're going to look, oh, no, I don't struggle with that. What kind of freak is that that they stood up and said that? But when you have a few people that you trust and you can open up about what's going on in here, you don't have to pretend anymore. That's why we want you to be in a life group. Now, they're not perfect. We, we told the life group leaders when we trained them, we said, listen, you don't have to get this perfectly right because 
you're not perfect and the people in your group aren't. So I'm, I'm not telling you they're perfect places or perfect groups. But they, as, as they grow together in relationship, they become places where you can start to go, here's what's really going on. Here's the question. Who do I have that I can confess to? Third thing, remember what Jesus wants to do with hypocrites. Now, this is so beautiful. And this is so important if you're going to get rid of hypocrisy, religious hypocrisy, and not be one of them. At the end of this long section, Jesus, whoa, this, you hypocrite, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. He's calling people out for their religious hypocrisy. Then Jesus says this beautiful thing at the end of that whole thing, Matthew 23, 37. I'll put it on the screen. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, listen, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing I've never raised chickens, so I don't know a whole lot about chickens. My mom grew up on a farm, and so did, and my dad um, grew up really, really poor, and they had chickens out back, and my mom used to go get the eggs, and then she would kill the chickens, and they would eat it for dinner, and so I've heard stories, and I've been to farms, <laughs> um, but I, I, I looked up, how, what do hens do with chicks? I found this picture. It looks kind of like this hen is in stress, but this is a hen covering her chicks from the rain, protecting them. What is Jesus saying to the people who are the worst offenders? I wanted, I want to be close to you. Even your hypocrisy doesn't drive me away from you. And if you were close to me, you would find out you no longer have to pretend. I, I am convinced that the church is a hypocrite recovery group. Uh, it should go like this. I should get up on Sundays and I should say, hi, I'm Scott and I'm a hypocrite. And then you would all say in the recovery group, yeah, right. In fact, I, I, if you're in a life group, here's what I want you to do this this week. It's not in, your, not in your group questions, but I want you to do something. I want you to open the group, and I want every one of you to say your name. Hi, I'm Scott, and I'm a, I'm a recovering hypocrite. And then I want everybody to go, hi, Scott. And I want you all to, you think I'm kidding, I'm not. I want you all to have the experience of saying what you struggle with and having everybody not judge you, but say, hi, welcome. It's okay powerful and if you're mad at the church for having hypocrites it's like being mad at the gym for having out of shape people it's like isn't that where we're supposed to be I, I get that people can cover up but like isn't this the place to come to heal to find out that God's like the hen wants to heal us from even our hypocrisy So here's the question for you is how, how close am I to the God who heals hypocrites? Maybe, maybe a more pointed way of saying that is do I know how close God wants to be to me even though right now I'm a hypocrite? I'm going to pray for you and we're going to be done. Would you stand with me?
Let's do this again, right? Bow your head, close your eyes, hold your palms down. <laughs> Lord, uh, we release to you our pretending. We release to you our fear that everyone will judge us if they know. We release to you our image management. And now turn those hands over. And Lord, we receive from you the love you have for us like a hen who just wants us close. And in the closeness, we'll bring the healing that we really all hunger for. Forgive us, Lord, for the way we've used religion as a cover. Forgive us. We don't want to be a part of that anymore. We want to be what we seem. And we need all of your help. And so, Lord, I, I pray for um, our life groups as they meet this week and they talk about this tender subject, that there'd be a sweetness in the room and not a fear, that there'd be an open heaven over that living room or that classroom or that coffee shop where they meet, and it would feel safe where we can all stand on the same ground together equally in need of your love and grace. Pray for that this week. And so we, we receive right now your grace for us hypocrites. And we say thank you for it. Pray this in your name. All God's people said, amen. Uh, we always leave you with a blessing and people hold out their hands. It's a tangible way of them saying, I'd like that. And if you're comfortable with that, receive this blessing, would you? You're sent now to love the God uh, who loves hypocrites like you and me. You're sent to love people who can be hypocrites, and you're sent to love them anyway, and you're sent to serve the world that's tired of hypocrites and needs someone who's honest. You're sent to serve the world in Jesus' name. Hug someone, tell them you love them. See you.